This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are coming to the Late Show, show coming to you live from the jewel of the Irish Sea, the Isle of Man. I'm Ollie Mitchell, and I'm delighted to be spending the next hour with you. Text in or call during the show by downloading the Podbean app, which can be downloaded by clicking the link at ttradio.org. We'd love you to follow us on TT Radio at TT Radio Official on both Twitter and Instagram. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to tonight's show. My name's Ollie Mitchell, and I had asked the production team if I could spend an hour talking about a lovely trip I had to Southend Pier, enjoying the sights and the sounds. Southend Pier being the longest wooden pier in the world, stretching 1.3 miles into the Thames estuary. However, they said no, understandably, this is an educational show. So instead, I've invited someone who is absolutely more adept at treading the boards, Steve Craig. Steve is here to talk about what he believes to be the big three principles that shape the role of drama in a secondary curriculum and maybe even beyond. Now I'm still waiting for Steve to join the show so while we're waiting let me remind you that if you want to get involved not only can you follow us at TT Radio Official on both Twitter and Instagram but you can also search and use hashtag TT Radio when you fancy getting the conversation flowing. I'm still waiting for Steve to join, so I may as well tell you about one of the um, questions we're going to be asking you to call in on or text in on during the show. We've set up the question that reads as follows. The performing arts, a key and necessary component of any vibrant curriculum or a dispensable luxury. We'd like you to text in your responses via the Podbean app which can be downloaded at ttradio.org. And as the show goes on, we'll read um, we'll read some of those responses out. Now, my very helpful guy in the background, um, HB History, I think you're called Tom, aren't you? Um, he's suggesting that I uh, play the news while we're waiting for Steve to get on board. It's exactly what I did uh, two weeks ago, actually. So I'll play the news, and hopefully in the next seven minutes, we'll have Steve Craig here live in the studio. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. At the National Higher Education Conference, Unison Assistant General Secretary John Richards opened proceedings with a damning critique of the government's approach towards university education, 
according to Unison's own website. Mr Richards focused on out-of-touch ministers who failed to understand the current funding crisis and pointed out that the funding models across the UK seem to be broken. He cited the issue of limited government funding as causing a de facto cap on student numbers and accused the government of trashing the UK's reputation for higher education in Europe, leading to big drops in the numbers of overseas students. A story covered by Teachers Talk Radio News last week. Mr Richards went on to assert that those in government do not understand the cost of living crisis because they've never had to face it. Strike action by those working in the HE sector has been part of a wave of action taken by unions across a range of public sectors in recent weeks. The last week saw the release of details of government plans to revamp children's social care in England. BBC News reported on the plan for more early support for families and the extra £200 million funding for the next two years. Last year, a review warned that tens of thousands more children could end up in care without additional funding and reform. The plan has faced criticism that many of the changes are being rolled out as localised pilots rather than a national programme. The government plans to put families at the heart of the reform and intends to provide better support for all vulnerable children in order to reduce the need for crisis intervention. There will be pilots in 12 local authorities which will deliver more early support for families struggling with addiction, domestic abuse and poor mental health. There will also be more family type placement for children in care with relatives, friends or foster families. Other changes include plans to recruit more foster carers, a simpler process and more support for relatives or friends who take on children, a rise in the leaving care allowance and support for councils to recruit and retain more social workers. Economic Constitutional and Social Policy Forum Politeer has published an article focusing on its views of the proposed changes to the school's history curriculum. The publication History, Whose History? The Battle for the School Curriculum features three historians' views on the proposals. The government's plan for reform came in response to recommendations from the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities. The plan for a new model history curriculum for pupils to see themselves as integral parts of what makes up the UK today was proposed. The essays included in the publication focusing on the responses of a variety of academics who all appear to conclude that there is no need for the proposed changes because diversity is already built in the current programme. Further details of the publication and forum for debate can be found on the Politea website. Finally, a school principal in a rural part of Northern Ireland has expressed concerns over safety after it emerged that recruitment of lollipop men and women is being frozen. It comes as part of a drive to save money. The current power sharing deadlock in Stormont meant no budget could be agreed and significant cuts needed to be made. The principal of a rural primary school, Donna Winters, told the BBC that until recently there had been consistent crossing patrol staff that have been vital in making sure pupils can cross roads safely, but that they have not had staff since December. The school has had to resort to employing a patrol staff member directly and, when they are absent, teaching and support staff have to fill in. Ms Winters went on to point out that safety was not an area where cuts should be made. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. 
This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, it's Safer Internet Week, with the official day being on the 7th of February. This year, the UK Safer Internet Centre focuses on Want to Talk About It, making space for conversation online. They've got loads of educational resources on the website saferinternet.org.uk, banded into 3 to 7, 7 to 11, 11 to 14, and 14 to 18 years of age. They're even translated into Welsh and have adapted resources for SEND and ALD. So, they have pretty much covered all bases. You need to take a look. But why do we need to get our young people talking about this? Well, let me try and give you an idea in one breath. <gasps> With an estimated 5.16 billion people using the internet at 64.4% of the world's population, it's estimated that around 500,000 predators pose a threat to young people daily, with the main target being 12 15 year old children. With a quick search of statistics from the internet, I found supposedly one in 25 children will be manipulated in some way this year, and 80% of predatory behavior will be through social media. This couple with only 15% of parents actually knowing what their children are doing online makes this an issue which definitely needs to be talked about with our young people. <sighs> To get some perspective on this, every 60 seconds, TikTok users watch over 167 million videos. Data never sleeps. We need to know how to stay safe because the sheer volume of data means it cannot effectively be policed. Please send your thoughts amongst the 575,000 other posts every 60 seconds on Twitter at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. So, welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio, and I'm here with Steve Craig. Steve, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me okay? I can absolutely hear you, and I'm sure um, our listeners will let, let us know if there's anything wrong with the levels. It's lovely to have you here. Great to be with you. Thanks very much for inviting me on, Ollie. It's really kind of you. And it's, uh, it's lovely that you're taking an interest. Thanks very much. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, Tom says you're a little bit quiet. Is there any way you can get a bit closer to your um, phone microphone, do you think? Yeah, let's give it a go. Let's see if I can take this out. Is that any better? Oh, absolutely it is. It's coming in loads clearer in, in my cans now. Brilliant. Okay, so um, thanks very much for joining us, Steve. You know, we've been colleagues for a long time, haven't we? Maybe 15 years or so. Yeah. Uh, you're the head of drop. Yeah, you're the head of drama at the school that uh, we both work in. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that tonight this conversation will simply be a kind of continuation of the, the lovely conversations we often have in the staff room together. But, of course, I know you, um, but our listeners won't. So I wondered if you could just give us a couple of minutes to start us off by telling us a little bit about um, about you and about what led you to becoming a teacher and maybe some of the things that you did before you were a teacher. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, well. Um, thank you again for for um, for having me on, Ollie. It's uh, it's really nice to be here. So, I don't know. People say sometimes that my my journey into teaching was um, quite unusual, but I, I'm not quite sure that it is. To be fair, I am. Um, funnily enough, I went to school at the school that I teach at now, um, and I left in '88, so an awfully long time ago now, and. When I, I was 16 when I left, and when I left, I left with kind of no GCSEs really to talk of. I had a C in art, and um, kind of a handful of, of, of lower grade GCSEs. I think it was the first or second year through that the, the GCSEs had, um, that had happened. But I, um, 
I left and it was a really strange time for me because, um, and I often talk to the year 11s about this as a, a year 11 tutor, it's a funny time that at the end of your GCSEs where kind of school comes to an end and some people have found those, their way back into sixth form, some people have gone to college, some people have got jobs, but some people just kind of are left hanging a little bit and I, that's kind of how I felt really. Uh, it was a it was a strange time, and I felt a lot of pressure from my parents, and um, quite a lot of disappointment there. It was it was, and um, I found myself kind of getting pushed into different jobs at that time by people who kind of cared about me, I guess. But um, it was only after leaving school that I kind of discovered drama. Um, I started working for uh, a factory as a, as an apprentice printer. And I hated it. I was kind of, I was, well, I was stood next to a machine all day, kind of pulling levers and things like that. And it really wasn't me. But in the evenings, I had joined um, an amateur dramatics company, and um, it was it was amazing. And I I kind of finally found a space that I felt really comfortable and free in. And um, one thing kind of led to another, and I started to get noticed and. Um, somebody saw me, told me I should try and get to to, um, to drama school, and I did. And I auditioned for a place called the Guildford School of Acting down in Surrey. Um, I went there. I did fairly well when I was there. I got a couple of awards, the Acting Cup, uh, at the end of the three years. And then I, I moved to London and I worked for, as an actor for uh, a little while, kind of a job an actor, kind of like in everything really. I had a great time. But whilst I was working as an actor and having a you know, it was it was brilliant, and like drama is at my core. Like I'm so passionate about drama. There was something that was still kind of a little bit not quite right, and I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it until I realised that as an actor, you're kind of um, you spend most of the time thinking about yourself, um, and you kind of have to. You know, it's quite a an egocentric kind of existence that you live because you always kind of have to promote yourself, or you're always thinking about your next job or you're always thinking about how you're going to kind of progress yourself in that way and it didn't really sit very comfortably with me and I remember I was about 28 and um, I used to work on on like building sites when I was in between kind of acting jobs and I remember I was on a building site one day and I was kind of thinking about this and um, I kind of thought to myself well you love I, I really love drama and I really really love acting but I kind of thought about the job that I want to perhaps do, and I thought I wanted a job in which I I was I was of value to the community that I lived in, and I served a purpose, and and it was more than just about me. Whatever I did, if I had to go out every day and earn earn a living, it had to be more about than me, and earning a, earning a living, and you know, and and I thought about combining. The, the interest I had in drama, my deep interest in drama with teaching. But at that time, I didn't have um, didn't have GCSEs or A-levels, let alone a degree. So from that point on, it was about 12 years before I eventually kind of got to teacher training school. Uh, and right. I found myself kind of, kind of doing my degree in the evenings and getting my GCSE and my A-levels and then getting to teacher training school and then getting back to the school where I failed. And um, you know, it's a it's it's a funny kind of like circle. It's a circular yeah. thing, isn't it? And um, it's the best job ever. 
and I feel like I feel so fortunate and so lucky there's not one day that I don't kind of thank my lucky stars that you know that I'm a teacher and I get to work with um, you know people like you and other really articulate and clever teachers and I'm surrounded by these amazing students and I just feel so fortunate and um, grateful grateful uh, to be a teacher it's just like it's it's just the best job ever can, can i ask you a question about um you know you, you talk about you know how it took you 12 years to kind of once you decided you wanted to kind of get on that path yeah and um you know you you more than probably anyone else in our staff room very happy to put the long hours in often to be found seven eight o'clock at night marking coursework etc where did that work ethic come from? Was it was it studying in the evenings while you were while you were well, working? Uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, it's um, working hard is one of those things that you have to do, isn't it? It's like working hard. It's just it's just working hard. It's just it's just what it is. But um, yeah, so when I decided that um, you know I was going to go for this, um, I found that I was doing well. I didn't find it was what I was doing. I would I would either be working as an actor and then doing the degree, the part-time distance learning degree without the GCSEs, like um, on my own, kind of in the evening or in the afternoons when I was when I was acting. But when I was a hoddy on the sites, I'd spend the day kind of um, running bricks up and down ladders for the for the brickies. And it was an amazing job, don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved being a hoddy. It was, it was ace, um, running the, you know, I'd be running the hoddy all day long and then I'd go home and hit the books. And um, I think, the, I think wow. the conversion course took me about, the conversion course was about two and a half, three years, I think. And what I had to do was, I'd been to Guildford, obviously, for like three years, and I'd done the acting diploma course, at which I think they still, I think they still offer that, actually. But um, uh, I did the acting diploma course because I didn't have any GCSEs. Um, but whilst I was on the diploma course, um, I did the same sort of lessons as the degree students. I just didn't get assessed <laughs> on it. And, and we used to do yeah. like um, theatre history. And I was, I loved it. I, I was fascinated by theatre history and the origins of theatre and uh, and the different um, practitioners and genres that emerged uh, emerged over time. And um, I loved it. And I remember when I left drama school, I always thought I had this little thing in the back of my head. I, I always thought I would love to get. I'd love to um, study that further. I'd love to get a degree, but. You know, when you haven't got GCSEs and like you, you, you leave school with nothing, and um, you know, I remember after me when you know when we got our GCSE results, you know, I there's a there was a time where you were able to go and have an interview for sixth form. I'll never forget this. And my dad went up, and I, w I went up with my dad, and uh, we saw like <laughs> we saw the the deputy head who was a lady. Can't remember her name. And obviously, like, I didn't have any GCSEs. I had a, a C in art, but I, I really loved school, ironically. I really loved it. It's like a really sociable place, and I had loads of friends there, and it was, I had an ace time. Like, and I wasn't naughty, don't get me wrong. I wasn't a bad lad. I just enjoyed being around other people and having a, having a, a, a nice time, you know. Um, and I, I, I really... Well, I was lost. I didn't really know what I want to do, to be fair. But I went to um, to a sit form interview, and um, <laughs> I walked in, and my dad said he's um, he's here because he'd um, 
he'd like he'd like to uh, talk to you about sit form. And the lady, I'll never forget, the lady behind the desk just laughed. She laughed like <laughs> proper loud, like uh, she'd seen something really funny, like you know, in at the theatre, like she was proper roaring with laughter, and it was like, really? Am I like, am I is it? Am I that low on your kind of pecking order? And um, yeah, so that I'll never forget that, like you know. Well, it's interesting because you, you said you you know you came back. To, I think the phrase you used. Pardon me if I misheard you. You came back to the school that you've failed at or that you didn't do too well. Yeah. It was, were you on this kind of kind of mission to no, to get back think, and? No, I don't think I was on. A, no, I definitely wasn't on a mission to. Um, it's just funny how things kind of come around, yeah. right? Yeah, and I am yeah. proper. And, you know, I don't know whether you know this, but I hope you do, but I'm proper for the kids. Like, I really want, like, I'm so, I really, like, I tell you what, I, I think that everybody, every child that you meet is proper, like, capable of anything. I think, like, they can, they can proper smash it in life, you know, and I, I really believe that anything is possible. And, and, you know, I've taught some kids that have proper proved that, but I think that every child that you get, like, is... There's nothing that they can't do if you tell them and if you steer them in the right direction and if you encourage them and give, give them confidence. I, I proper believe that. Um, and do you think that drama is the perfect vehicle to do that with? I think it is for me. I mm. mean, you're an English teacher, Ollie. I'm sure, that you, um, I'm sure that you do the same in your subject. But for me, I, you know, I think that drama is the most amazing subject in the world for loads and loads of different reasons um, and it's not like drama is not like it can be singing and dancing but there is so much more to it it's so deep and it's so kind of like um, complex in the way that it works it's so sophisticated uh, drama and there's there's lots of different ways that you can use it within school kind of cross-curricular but you can also kind of appeal to kids in loads of different ways that loads of other subjects can't perhaps appeal to children um, okay. and, spark, and spark their imagination. Um, well, let, let, I, let's I, get let's get into that, Steve. I, I, yeah, I think that I'm just like I'm an, I'm a drama nut, right? Yeah. If you, uh, like drama is at my very core. Like it's in my tummy. It's so close to me that sometimes I forget. Um, I forget that it's so close. Like when I look at the world around me, I see it through the. <laughs> sounds bloody ridiculous, but when I look at the world around me, I see it through like a, a drama lens. So if I'm ever like reading a newspaper or having a conversation or maybe <laughs> reading a book or watching the telly, or just like observing stuff, I'm always kind of thinking to myself, how can I use that in drama? Like or like what's it, it, there's a play in that or that's a really interesting story. I wondered like if. If we stuck that on the stage and kind of like interpreted it through like physical theatre and whacked a bit of verbatim in there, like that'd be proper cool, you know. And um, but I, I think like this all of the time, and um, drama is just like, you know, the title for the for me little pod, for this little podcast tonight was drama, behaviour, teaching, and life, because I think if you were to dissect. Like the way my life and the way that you live, it is drama. That's it. Like I'm, I'm just like I'm obsessed with drama. Um, it's a proper passion, like in the truest sense of the word passion, because um, 
I have suffered a little bit because of it, like not in a kind of like woe is me way, but you know, you know it's led me to this point. I like I've been doing it for 35 years, so it's kind of like it is a passion, and um, so it's drama, it would be behavior because I'm fascinated by behavior, it's a massive interest um, of mine, and drama and behavior are so interlinked. And then you got teaching, and teaching again is like an obsession of mine. I'm thinking about it 24-7, right? and I absolutely love it. Going back to what we said before, I am like, I feel so lucky. We are so, so lucky to be teachers, right? and to do the job we do. It's not, and I know that it gets stressful. I understand that, and I understand that like deadlines loom, and we get this pressure like, on us to do this and to do that, but fundamentally, the job that we do, it is the best job in the world. And we work with the most amazing people, both in the classroom when we're teaching and also in the staff room. Like, I think, like, you, Ollie, are like, I watch you and, like, you are just, like, the, the model of, like, a fantastic teacher. You're so kind. The kids love you. Like, people that are listening to the show, they don't know that. But, like, the way you, the way you behave around the school is just incredible. Such an inspiration. Um, and that your relationships with those kids, that's deep. Uh, and again, really, really um, sophisticated, like you know your kids super well and they love you. And um, I feel really privileged to be able to, to, um, to work with you, um, Jackie, and the, the rest of the staff, like the department that I work in, like the, the three ladies that I work with, they are supersonic. Like, I just like, <laughs> they are, they're incredible, like they are mighty and they are strong and they are clever and they are talented and skillful. And I look at the way in which they work and I like, I learn from them every day. Like, no, just incredible. Like, yeah. Carla has got like the biggest heart. She's like, she's like, she's like the well-being officer in school, isn't she? And she's just like, she's such an incredible, inspirational woman. And then... You know, you've got Alex, who's the ECT. She's sharp as a razor, like super intelligent. And um, Lauren, like super talented as a performer. And like the three of them are just such a pleasure to work with. And I just feel really lucky. I feel so fortunate to be a teacher. But thinking about that, here's, here's a question we didn't Come kind on. of prepare on the prep sheet. You think you have to be a good performer to be a good drama teacher? No, I don't, but I think that no, I don't, but I think um, I think it helps. And I think that I use it every day. And I'm not saying that I'm a good performer, right? But I certainly am aware of what I'm doing. And I think about the way in which I use my voice. I think about the way in which I'm using my body. I'm making sure that my voice and my body don't get in the way of the learning. Um, I, um, I think about my interactions. And I think about, I guess I think about my performance as a teacher, if you like. But like, not so that it restricts my practice, you know, I'm not like, I'm not um, uh, a stereotype, but I am very, very careful and highly aware, acutely aware of my behavior, of my behavior, of my voice, of my body, and how I interact and move, move around. I'll tell you something that I do, I'm hyper aware of my body language in class yeah. as yeah. well, where I stand, you know, uh, how I stand, where I am in relation to the kids, all of that sort of stuff. Like, it, it, it's massive. And um, 
you know this, but um, other people perhaps don't, but I, like I've done a little bit of work in school with teachers on behaviour, and a lot of the things that we talk about, a lot of the things that we talk about are things like, you know, how you use your voice and how you how you script your dialogue and how you stand and and how you kind of get out of like causing behavioural issues because of how you behave in the classroom. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. don't pour petrol on the fire by getting yeah. involved with uh, <laughs> you know arguments or don't speak to children in that way because you're going to get it back. Like, and it's having that discipline. I guess that, because as an actor, you have to be very disciplined. So I think it's being, it's having the awareness in the classroom of what you're doing, how it's coming across, um, and um, how you can use it to kind of better engage and steer the kids, I think. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think so. Super. Well, well, let's get into it properly then. And, and just to remind our listeners at the start of the show, um, we posed the question, the performing arts a key and necessary component of any vibrant curriculum or a dispensable luxury? And I'm really happy to say that Daniel was straight on with this, um, looking at the, the comments in the studio here. Daniel said that performing arts for him are important in enriching the student experience and broadening horizons. They provide a useful way of considering and deepening understanding of core subjects, especially the drama literature link. He went on to say that you impoverish the curricular diet of children by not providing an offer with sufficient breadth of experience if you leave drama out of the curriculum. And he finishes by saying that he couldn't imagine a school that considered itself legitimately comprehensive that didn't offer drama, dance and music. I think probably those comments sum up exactly where we're heading. So, Steve, let me um, thank Daniel and pose this to you. You are... Um, heading up a whole island inset. You've been employed by our Department of Education, Sport and Culture, uh, and your inset's going to be about the importance of drama. Your audience is bleary-eyed, they're stony-faced, they fear that they're just looking at another performative maverick, but you know different. You're undaunted because undaunted you've got three golden nuggets up your sleeve, three beliefs, and in conveying those three beliefs about drama, you're as vociferous as the orators or orators that you see at Speaker's Corner on a Sunday morning. Here's your inset. Where do you start? What's the first of the three things that you think underlines the importance of drama? Yeah, okay. Well, do you know what, Ollie? I'm going to go a bit off-piste on this one. Because on. I know that, like, you sent me through the prep sheet and I thought about this question. But the way that you've kind of introduced it there, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to change my lesson plan a little bit on this one. <laughs> I'm going to give you point three first, because if I sat there bleary-eyed, then I need to make them aware of um, how talented and how much potential the children you have in your classroom um, possess. Like, I can't tell you, like, <clears throat> I am constantly amazed by, or not amazed, well, yeah, amazed. I'm constantly amazed by the talent of the students that we teach. Um, I, as I said to you before, like, I think that every kid, every child that comes into the classroom has massive potential, even if they don't recognise it themselves. And I think the most important thing that I would, I think one of them, well, yeah, the most important thing that I would say to the, um, to the, the bleary-eyed audience that are out there is you have, when you teach drama, 
in front of you, you have the next kind of superstars, West End performers, film stars in front of you. And you do not mm -hmm. want to waste a second <laughs> of the time you've got with them in that class. Now, you might kind of, you can laugh at that and you can, not you, Ollie, but like, <laughs> we can laugh at that. We can go, oh, yeah, that's really kind of, that's quite cliched, that, Steve. Like, that's quite cliched. But I could give you three or four occasions where kids have gone from my classroom straight into Netflix, from my classroom straight onto the telly, from my classroom, from my classroom, literally, like, into the West End. Like, it's happened. I can give you names where, like, one, one week or one month, they're in your classroom and they're doing GCSE, right? And, like, you're giving them kind of like direction on, on what to do and um, how to stand and all that. And then a couple of months later, they've, you know, they've won a place in, on, Heart, on Heartstopper. You know, Joe Locke, a couple of years ago, straight from GCSE. Right, came through Key Stage 3 into GCSE and then bam, he's on the telly. Uh, I could talk to you about Samantha Barks who I taught GCSE. Right, key stage three, GCSE. Uh, she goes from GCSE straight onto that talent show on the telly. And the next thing, she's, um, she's doing Lame Is, the film. I could talk <laughs> to you about uh, John Young, who I taught drama, uh, GCSE drama, A-level drama. He's just had a, just been associate director down at the National on Kerry Jackson, one of the big plays down there. Like the kids that you've got in front of you, you should not underestimate the talent and the ability that these people have, like, and that is super, super exciting. And what a responsibility. And all you've got to do really, you've got to teach them the skills, right? And, but this is the secret, Ollie, this is the secret. You've got to tell them they're good. You've got to tell them how good they are and don't let a moment of that go. Like, don't let one lesson pass when you don't say, you're amazing. Like, that was proper good. Thank you so much for sharing that and for showing that. You're proper talented. Tell them. Make them believe it. Make them realise it and see it. If they see it, they can do it. And um, so the bleary-eyed people out there <laughs> uh, sat in my CPD that I've kind of got to talk to and would go, get ready. It's going to be amazing. Don't underestimate the children that you've got coming through your through your classrooms and, and harness it and jump onto it and make the very most of it. Push them. Give them like at GCSE, give them really, really challenging texts, but texts that are gonna make them kind of like fly. And don't be afraid of it. And don't kind of like give them the after schools that they need so that they excel in those in those roles. Make them and I'm not talking about like GCSE results. Uh, and A-level results, they're all very important. Do it for the, for the children, do it for the young performers, make them realize how good they are. Because a lot of them won't realize, a lot of them kind of don't think they have all of that, all that. Tell them, show them, give them the platform, like, and um, encourage them. And don't waste a second, and I would say, get proper excited. That's what I would say to the people in the, in the CPD. Get properly excited about the, the children that you're going to meet in your charge at this high school, at Key Stage 3 and at Key Stage 4 and at Key Stage 5 because you've got world beaters in there. 
And if you don't tell them, they might not know. So that's what I would say. There we go. That's kind of like how I would open it. That would be my, like, my, my opening gambit. It would be like, right, you lot, get ready. Because it's going to be, like, amazing. You know, you've got we a massive responsibility. And um, make sure you, you live up to it and you tell the kids how good they are. And you don't waste a second and you provide them with good material. And uh, push them. And you'd be arguing that um, drama is the perfect kind of subject to be inspiring those future aspirations. Well, or would you would you say to the PE teacher, treat your treat every child like they could be the next England sports like rugby player, football player, whatever? I probably whatever. would, but I probably would. But if I if I'm in a CPD and like the CPD is all about drama, do you know what I mean? I'd be saying right, <laughs> this is it, people. You know, I do, I do think that, like, again, goes back to what I said before. I feel super lucky, Ollie, that I'm a teacher and um, I get to work with these young people. It's a privilege and it's an honour and I don't want to waste a second off it. And if that means, like, I'm just going to, like, they're amazing. They're amazing. All the kids that I teach are far more intelligent than I ever was at school. You know, all of them. <laughs> and... Um, I'm going to tell them and I'm going to make sure that I tell them. And if that's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm on cover for geography or history or like whatever, like I'm going to tell them that they're amazing. And um, particularly so in drama, because let's face it, like in drama, drama's a, drama and the performing arts, it's like, you know, confidence is key. Right? You know, they have to get up in front of their peers and, and perform. Like difficult things, they have to work in difficult ways, and um, telling them that they can do it, and they're uh, they're amazing, and you know they've got talent is really really important. I really do believe in the power of positive language, particularly in our subject, and being kind, being kind to them, and don't be mean to children. You know, and give them the support that they need. You know, lead them with love. You know, and um, well, it is though, isn't it, Ollie? That's gorgeous. Lead, yeah. Lead with love and um, be kind and be careful. Don't go stamping on their dreams or and like this is the thing, right? So this is the other thing. Who are we to say whether someone's gonna like? <laughs> who are we to say whether someone's gonna succeed in the performing arts or not? How dare we kind of make those kind of decisions or how dare we make those kind of comments? I know loads of actors, like I could like, like loads of my mates, like didn't do very well at school and like were naughty at school or skived school or like loads of them, you know, and who knew that they would be like on the telly or in films and all they needed was to be told and to be steered and to be harnessed, you know, and um, I just feel like, you know, the kids that we've got in front of us, tell them, tell them that they're doing well, tell them that they're powerful and tell them that um, they have talent and ability and encourage them, you know, Super. En Super. encourage them, you know.
So that's that's your opening pitch. That's my opening bit, right? Right. Okay, so, and so the teachers are sitting there. They're like, okay, that's all very well and good. Yeah, nice but one. What what can what can your subject do for the general being of the child? And I, I know you want to talk about the link between drama and behaviour. So let's explore that for a little bit, shall we? Drama and behaviour. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lovely. I want to get on to because um, I really liked what Daniel said about like. Um, drama kind of opening up the connections between cross-curricular and stuff like that and I'm, mm -hmm. dead keen to, I'm dead keen to talk about that as well because well you go for that then all right i'll go for that first and then i'll talk about behavior if I, sure after yeah. that if you don't mind okay so yeah absolutely. right cool so um drama can be taught in right it's like any subject right ollie so drama can be taught in a million different ways but essentially there's two pathways to teach drama you can either go skills-based, uh, which is you teach kids how to act or how to dance or how to sing, and it's very technical. Right? And you spend your lessons kind of teaching them um, how to do that, but also like um, kind of technical drama skills that they can use in plays so that when they've got to devise a piece of um, drama, they know how to construct it and, and perform it, right? So you can go skills-based or you can go the process route and this, this, this so there's two approaches skills based or process drama now before i went to teach a training school um in chester and i worked with a guy called alan owens who was an, an amazing kind of um, drama specialist i was very much skills based so i was all about teaching young people how to act uh, and I would use my drama training and my drama experience, my acting experience, to inform that. Right? And I used to think, oh, what's this? I used to hear about process drama because before I went to teacher training school, I, I worked for about five years in, um, in, a, in a high school teaching drama, key stage three, key stage four, key stage five, but as like an unqualified teacher. And it was, it was kind of during that time that I got my GCSEs and A-levels and stuff like that. So I used to teach like skills based, right? And I was I was mad on it, dead keen on it. And then I went to teach a train school and um, I met Alan and I learned about process drama. Um, process drama is like an incredible way to use drama in the classroom um, as a creative learning tool. Um, and essentially what it what it means is you use the process involved in exploring uh, a context through drama to teach the children anything you want, essentially. So, um, let's see if I can give you uh, an example. So, most of our Key Stage 3 lessons, most of them will be um, schemes of work that are process drama. So, a scheme of work for six weeks might tell a story about, like we do, like we wrote one about, um, it sounds dead cliche, but it's not. Um, we wrote a scheme of work like years ago about the tsunami in, um, or the earthquake in Japan, like in mm -hmm. 2011, right? And we looked at it from a process drama point of view. And we, um, uh, we, constructed this narrative that was based upon something I'd read in a newspaper about and it was it was based upon a real incident about like um, a group of um, school kids 
uh, after the earthquake struck in Japan 2011. Um, they got stranded in their school, miles away from their home city, and um, no one came to get them because the roads had been damaged and the sky was full of dust. And the kids decided, this is what this story was all like in the newspaper, the kids decided that they were going to try and find their way home. So I read that and I thought, oh, wow, like, what an amazing, like, um, context or narrative to use in, like, for a piece of drama, right? That's right. Like, I'm looking at it through the drama lens, right? I'm going, right, okay, that's amazing. And then I thought, right, okay, but within this, there's also, like, a massive potential to, te to teach the children I teach at Key Stage 3 about Japan, about the earthquake, uh, about um, being resilient, um, uh, because it's set in Japan, I can t I can I can dig into folklore and legend, and I can mm -hmm. um, appeal to their imagination. Um, I can get them to work with scripts. I can get them to use physical theatre. And essentially, I built this narrative about these kids that got stranded uh, and had to find their way back. And they every lesson was like a different chapter in this story that I'd created. But it's not necessarily about perfection of skills. It's about involving the kids in a narrative, teaching them about Japan and Japanese life and Japanese culture and Japanese legend, and also getting them to work collaboratively together um, and uh, working creatively together through the process of the drama narrative. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's, it's similar to if you talk to you know PE teachers of the same mindset, you know, our colleague John, for example, at school, you know, they're not interested in children improving as, as skills-wise as, as sports people. They're interested in engaging the child in the idea of sport, I suppose. It sounds quite similar to that. Yeah, yeah, kind of, I guess kind of, yeah. But process drama is what you learn, th yeah, through the process and what you can um, provide the children with through the process it's going to spark their imaginations and make them make um, connections between well anything you want and it's a really really powerful creative learning tool i think in which you can um you can get the, the students to work together really collaboratively um yeah and and kind of create amazing performances together like and have a great time which is really important um but, you, but your focus is not them being good in quotation marks at acting at that point, is it? Well, we always have, like, at the end of six weeks, there'll always be, like, a performance assessment. And we do right. assess, like, their performances, but we also assess, like, within the, within the grade that they get, we also assess um, the behaviour, um, the mm. relationships. Um, and so we, we assess the behaviour for learning, their teamwork, their knowledge, their performance, uh, oh yeah, and the way in which they uh, can apply the skills that we've taught them along the way. So there's five things that we assess there, which kind of like gives you the final grade at mm -hmm. the end of the, the six weeks. But um, the emphasis really on the scheme of work is the process that they go through uh, and um, those kind of things that we we look at the relationships and the behavior and the, the teamwork and and things like that so can i ask you have you got a um 
a topic that you is your favorite one to teach it, with regards to that I, process i that love a, I, lo I love them all like <laughs> i do i really love them and um we all have a bit of a, a go at writing them but we do the japanese ones nice but we also do like we, we do one called half dead fred which uh was written about uh probably about 10 years ago now and it was in response to again looking at life through the uh the lens of drama i remember i was teaching gcse and there was a a lad in the GCSE class um, who would come in and very often be really knackered and tired. Sometimes he wouldn't turn up for school. And <laughs> then I kind of asked his friend, I said, so why is he always off? And he said, oh, he's always, on his, uh, he's always on his game machine. He's always like playing his Xbox and he plays it all night and then he gets really tired. This was like 10 years ago. Little did I know how big a problem it would become like today. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote a scheme of work about this lad who like um, gets... Uh, he gets gifted a, a, a game machine for Christmas and um, he gets kind of addicted to it. Like, it's a funny one, he gets addicted to it and it turns him into, uh, into a zombie. But um, they, explore, they explore the story of that throughout the six weeks and it's, um, we look at different types of comedy um, and it's, it's kind of script based that one. But that's really nice and the kids kind of they like that one, but we also do like the girl from the rubble, all about like a little girl that gets um, stranded uh, in the Syrian conflict, oh, wow. which is dead nice. And she has to, she goes on a little journey to find her parents and her brother. And again, with it being processed, you see, this is the thing, Ollie, it's not about conflict. You know, you can talk to these, you can talk to the kids in the class about why the conflict began. You know, it's very like off the moment. Um, you can talk to them about Syria, you can tell them how beautiful Syria is, you can talk to them about like, um, you know, the, why, the, the reason why people are trying to get away from Syria. Like, you can explore it in a really big context by looking at, you know, quite a small personal story. So, um, I love it. I love, I love process kind of drama. I guess, I guess if you were to kind of describe the way in which we deliver it, I guess it would be kind of like part mostly process well well it's kind of like process and skills kind of combined together really yeah you know, and the other great thing about um using process drama like is you're always you're, you're also talking to them about how to construct narrative and if every week is a different scene from this story that you've created you know when they get to gcse they've kind of been through like they've kind of been thinking about how to construct a play so uh, unconsciously throughout the, the key stage three period. So, um, and, and also you're appealing to their imagination, which is super, super important. But um, yeah, I love them all, Ollie. I think they're, it's just, it's an ace way to, it's a lovely way to teach. It really is. Listen, listening to you talk about it, I mean, obviously your absolute love for it comes through, but I'm, I'm thinking you used the term cross-curricular when you started talking about the process yeah, drama. Yeah, and totally. It's, it's, it's cross-curricular without explicitly calling it that, isn't it? Because you're dealing with geography, you're dealing oh, with human totally. geography. Yeah, yeah lots yeah, of lots of, lots of different ideas rolled into I, your yeah, drama lessons, right? When I sit down and I, when I sit down and I, you know, I'm planning these schemes of work, I'm absolutely thinking cross-curricular. So yeah. I am actually, so like when we're talking about like the Japanese scheme of work, I am talking about like what they're covering in geography you know when i'm talking about like um, the syrian conflict 
I am making connections to history. Um, like, oh, you know, and I, I make them explicitly, you know, and I'll tell them to go and do research on it and, and ask their teachers about this and, and about that. Um, do you so, deliberately tap into what's happening elsewhere in their curriculum so you can kind of connect the dots yeah, more explicitly? Yeah, we have done. We've done that a lot. Um, and also, particularly with things like um, uh, ELGBGT, stuff that's going on, like we, we did a, a scheme of work all about, based upon the Heartstopper novel last year, um, because that was quite a big thing at our school. And it still is, you know, quite rightly so as well. But we, um, we wanted to do something to support um, all of that work that was being done. So we created this scheme of work that kind of was all about kind of um, those kind of issues and explored it in quite an exciting and current way that kind of connected to the show on telly. The fact that one of our students was in it, um, but also served our... our community within school as well so um, I, I'm always looking for those kind of opportunities as are importantly like the other people that I work with they're so on it Ollie mm. like I can't tell you these women that I work with they are powerful and they will come in like Carla like she like wrote this amazing scheme of work about um, the Ariana Grande concert like bombing oh yeah 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 and like but it's 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 like proper on point and we're teaching it at the moment and it's like um we're looking at it through the use of physical theater so we're teaching physical theater but we're also kind of talking about this 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 uh, event that happened mm. this, this bombing that happened a few years ago and we're talking about why it happened um and like the people that were affected by it and we're looking at footage of it and we're thinking about the words of songs that were uh, sang at the concert and we're turning it into bits of physical theatre. So, uh, of the, you know, the staff in the department are proper, proper ace and um, it's just, it's a joy and a privilege to work with them. It really is. That's amazing, man. You know. Steve, I'm mindful of, uh, of the time. It might interest you to know that we've only got six minutes left. Okay. So, let's have our final nugget the third yeah, and perhaps okay. perhaps the one that i'm most intrigued by because yeah. it's where we kind of you know it's where we align isn't it in terms of positive behavior management it's, it's probably yeah, as cool. closest you and i get in the in I'm terms okay. of our teaching philosophy so let's let's I'm let's okay. hear your thoughts about the role drama can play so, in that yeah i will so I think I said at the start that um, for me, like, and I've got, to, I've got to say this as well, Ollie. I ain't no expert on this, right? So, my approach is my approach, right? And it's informed by, you know, the way that I was trained, the way that I worked, um, all the experience that I've had. But I ain't no, I'm no expert on it. But um, behaviour, like at that CPD, if they weren't all bleary-eyed <laughs> and like falling asleep, like I would definitely start with behaviour because without really good behavior management, you can't teach drama. Like you can't, it's pointless. I've seen so many bad drama lessons, so many like poor performing arts lessons because the behavior management is not there. It is so demanding because of what you need, because of what you need to get the students to do. You know, um, so, uh, so this is this is quite important as well 
So, and I won't bore you with it, a bit of a history lesson. There was a guy like, during the 1800s, um, melodrama like, was probably, people will tell me off with this, but melodrama was probably the most um, popular form of theatrical entertainment on offer. Like some melodrama, those big sensational kind of stories and plays mm -hmm. and um, uh, with the big over-the-top kind of uh, characteristics and storylines and sets and um, big musical arrangements, right? It was everywhere. It was really prevalent everywhere. And um, there was a guy who, in Russia, called Stanislavski, and all the drama teachers out there will be like, talking at me now, but there was a guy in, in, in Russia called um, Konstantin Stanislavski who kind of, he got, he got tired of it because it was, it was everywhere. And he kind of, he wanted to kind of help shape and create a theater, like a, a, um, a form of theater, a genre of theater, genre of acting, that was more appealing to him. He wanted to see kind of naturalistic performances up on stage, right? Uh, stories that were told that he could relate to, like um, that kind of uh, shone a light on the problems that he saw in his community and, and society. So long story short, he set about creating a system to train these melodramatic actors to act naturalistically. And it was a very kind of like detailed and in part scientific approach that he kind of, he created. But at its very core, Ollie, at its very base was this idea of stage ethics. Ah, said, okay. Right, and he said, to be a really good, effective actor, you had to understand and apply this notion, this idea called stage ethics, which was, you had to be kind to everybody that you work with. You have to leave all of your problems and your troubles and your hang-ups outside of the rehearsal room. You have to be kind to the people in the theatre that you're working with, the lady that works um, in the foyer, the people that work backstage. You have to be supportive of your fellow actors. You have to understand that you're part of a company um, and that your approach will, um, I guess, feed into the creativity in the room. Essentially, you have to be really kind, and what you give off, you get back. So, Stanislavski, um, 170 years ago, was, was kind of saying that behaviour is fundamental to the creative process in a drama rehearsal room. And when I teach, or when I'm thinking about drama, the first thing I think about, before any story that I'm going to use for a piece of process drama, the first thing I think about is how I'm going to get the kids to... Uh, behave in a way that is appropriate for the lesson. That is going to ensure that every child in the room is able to access the work without fear of intimidation mm. from anybody else in the room, that they will feel confident to get up and um, speak the, the script that they've been given or to do whatever's asked of them without worry that they're going to get criticised or um, upset by anybody else. So my job, fundamentally, behaviour management is at the very core of it. At the very core of it, the discipline, the focus, the respect, the kindness that they show each other. And uh, it's, it's work in progress, isn't it, Ollie? Like, 
Yeah. And, um, we have we have all of our, the scaffolding that we put around lessons, everything that we think about, the way in which we um, we use the lesson to engage the learners. Um, but at the very core of it is is behaviour for me. And if I think about the people that have have left the drama room, that I've, that, or the drama department that that I work in, and I've gone into telly or into film or into theatre, and there's been there's been loads of them. When I think about it, when I really think about it, the thing that gets them on in the industry is their behaviour. It's about the respect that they show people, it's the way that they interact with other people. It's the fact that um, they're kind. Uh, and they're, yeah, they're respectful of people. That's, they're the people that get on. So you try and instill that in your lessons right from the word go. Um, because a drama lesson is multifaceted and um, there's lots of, lots of moving parts and spinning plates. Um, and if you're not on it, if you have not got total charge of that class, like, it, like they can be crawling the walls and pulling down the sets and swinging on the curtains, mm. you know. So instead, like behaviour is like fundamental. Do you know what, Jotsty? I, I love the way that you just you know you went back to the kind of what I guess many people would think is the foundation of modern drama with the Stanislavski, and it kind of sums up how you started this evening by saying that drama just pumps through your veins and and you live I and breathe it. it. Yeah, yeah but uh, I love it. Yeah, I love it, but I love people. I love people more probably. And yeah. I, I think. I, do you know what? I think that's come across in some comments in the show. Um, in the show comments tonight, Jasmine saying, "I love how much you love drama." I'm sure the kids thrive, thrive on that enthusiasm. A couple of likes for the show as well, which is which is really lovely. Thank you. Um, and we got to wrap it up there, Steve. We're a minute and forty over time. I don't know if we'll get us up on the wrist or not, but it's been an absolute oh, well. pleasure. An absolute pleasure talking with you and i think thanks, we can mate. probably um conjure something up to do this again sometime in the future eh? thanks ollie it's been really Fa kind of you to uh, invite me on thank you very much brother thank you so much and listeners um hopefully uh, i'll be back again in two weeks and until that time enjoy your classrooms You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.